All right, so it's already 1030. Um, so I'm going to... It wouldn't be a stupid ministry to just have a zero number. <laughs> <laughs> it's in our contract. We can't let you out of here on time. That just, that just goes against every fiber of who I am. Which is why we're going to keep our last. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll try and, uh, try and wrap up here and do that brief. My name is Alan Mercer. For those of you who don't know me, I am the executive pastor here at the Leewood campus. Uh, after 22 years in student ministry, I made this transition and, um, but they still let me, uh, hang out with, uh, these guys periodically. And, um, uh, Chris, the old guy started it and I'm the other old guy. I get to wrap things up. Uh, and we'll let the relevant guys do everything in the middle. So, <laughs> uh, so um, I, I want to just highlight two things. One, kind of why did we come this morning, and then what do we take away from here? So hopefully um, you, you gained a couple of things for your, uh, your family to wrestle with and for you to think through. Uh, but why did we come? I, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I have not. Uh, but it's in season 12. And uh, I, I think as uh, parents, we often have this, um, this idea that we need to, uh, in some way, shape, or form, maybe it's uh, intentionally, maybe it's unintentionally, but we try and keep up with the Joneses. Uh, not Andrew Jones. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it starts early. You know, we need the right minivan. We need, the, you know, we need the, the right athletic teams for our kids to be in or the right extracurricular activities. You know, they need to have the right shoes and the right clothes and the right uniform. It's amazing that when our kids are small, they're wearing, like, Major League Baseball replica uniforms for Baseball League, and you're spending, you know, $150 on their, their uniform, and they're in T-ball, and you're thinking... <laughs> what is wrong here? How about just a red t-shirt that says baseball on it or something? You know, but we, we do, we get sucked into these ideas that we have to kind of keep up with things. And our kids get sucked into that same thing as well. So, uh, you know, as much as you may not be uh, entangled with the Kardashians and that extreme, I think we do get stuck in a rut even in our own communities, trying to live up to external expectations. And um, hopefully, as uh, you've come here today, uh, I think one of the things, maybe the most important thing as I look at my own teenagers, is I just want them to turn out. That's, that's my goal. And if I could look into my crystal ball and I could see, you know, 10 years down the road or five years down the road or 20 years down the road, if I, could, if I could know that this thing that they were doing was just a phase, I'd be okay with it. But my concern is that this is not a phase. It's a character-building thing that's going to be with them for a lifetime. And I don't want that to happen. You know, and so hopefully as you came here this morning, you... Uh, gotten some help in thinking through these important subjects and gaining some good on information on how do I help shape the way my kids are thinking and the way my kids are relating and the way my kids are acting 
so that the things that they are experiencing and the things that they are trying and the things that they are having conversations about really are just phases and they're shaping them, but they're not uh, becoming necessarily the negative character traits that we're all hoping that our kids um, are, uh, yeah, we, we hope they don't grab onto some of those things. Uh, and my, my prayer for us this morning is that we've gained some information to help us. Now, if, if I could say, you know, what are some action steps? You've heard a lot of things this morning that you can take with you. But here are four that I just would recap from a lot of things that everybody has already said. The first is talk. You've got to have conversations with your kids. Uh, and this is really hard. But don't ignore these subjects. They get all sorts of wisdom on friendships, dating, and sex in every other part of their life. And if they're not getting it from you, they're often getting a lie. And what they need is the truth from you so that when they encounter that lie, they understand it's a lie. When we're not talking about it in our home, they encounter these things in other arenas and they think that's truth. And they assume it's true and they begin to adopt those things because we haven't given them the truth. So have conversation. Have multiple conversations. It's not a once and done. Paul talked about taking uh, your kids away for a weekend, which I did with all of our kids, my wife and I. But it can't just be a once and done. You have to have multiple conversations. And then, frankly, use the church as an excuse. You know these guys are talking about it. We Every year, in some way, shape, or form, in middle school and high school, we're talking about sex and sexuality. So use that as an excuse to start the conversation and keep it going at home. Oh yeah, what do you talk about tonight? Oh yeah, let's talk more about that. Or you understand, don't ignore the fact that the church is talking about it. Use that as an opportunity to have further conversation at home. So talk. The second is build. Um, Build that five-to-one web of relationships. Okay, This is an interesting phenomenon that I experienced. I can talk about these subjects with your kids really easily, but I have a really hard time talking about it with my own kids. It's really awkward and weird <laughs> to talk about sex and sexuality and dating with your own children. They know it's weird, you know it's weird, and it's hard. It's really easy for another adult to have these conversations with your kids. These guys are really good at it. So are your, the small group leaders that are investing in your kids. Who are the other adults in your students' lives that can be investing and having some of these conversations alongside you? That's not an excuse for you not to have the hard conversation, but I recognize how hard it is. But grab a hold of other adults. Build that five-to-one network. The third thing is this, resist. <laughs> Don't be afraid to go against the flow. Don't be afraid to go against the flow. When everybody else is doing it, it doesn't mean it's right. And frankly, this is where it gets even a little bit hard because sometimes everybody in church is doing it. That still doesn't make it right. So sometimes even your Christian parent friends are saying, oh yeah, we think it's fine for our 10-year-olds to date, or, you know, whatever. That doesn't make it right. 
you know, and Paul hedged his bets on the dating thing really, really well. Um, but, uh, you know, resist the temptation to do what everybody else is doing and to allow your kids to do what every other kid is doing. Just because everyone's doing it doesn't make it right. It's the phrase, you know, you say that all the time. If they jumped off a bridge, would you? You know, don't, don't be that parent. If every other parent is letting their kid jump off a bridge, you don't have to. And the last thing is be there. Be there for your kids. Be the bad guy. <laughs> uh, say no. Uh, don't be afraid to take the, the social heat uh, from other parents who think you're really weird or you're super conservative, or you're out in left field, or you don't really know because you're not allowing your kids to do something that everybody else is. You know, you're not allowing your kids to, you know, your girls to dress poorly or your boys to be rude and obnoxious. You know, don't be afraid to be the bad guy, but be there for your kids. Let them actually blame you. I love this part, okay? Let them blame you. Take the heat. Let them say no to their friends because my mom and dad won't let me. That gives them an out that saves them some social pressure and it puts it on you, but you're the adult. You can handle it. Last thing uh, in, in regard to being there is just love them no matter what. Love them anyway. They are going to make mistakes. They're knuckleheads. They're teenagers. You were a teenager. Once you made mistakes, you were a knucklehead. Okay? But when they make those mistakes, how do we respond? We have to love them anyway. You, I know you love your kids. Uh, and sometimes our reaction is pretty blunt. Uh, and it would be awesome if we could soften that reaction. Uh, but as a parent, I can tell you that all, the, all day long and I still stink at it. I still make those mistakes all the time and react way too hard when my kids say something that kind of gets my goat. But we still can be there and we can love them anyway. We can apologize for reacting poorly and then we can have further conversation and love them through it. It's kind of like the the uh, the car you know your kids start driving and they're going to get in an accident probably <laughs> and when they do you know my first reaction is to worry about the car you know um and my insurance rates <laughs> and all the money i'm now forking out but what i really need to do is worry about the kid are you okay that's what's most important i can replace a car well, I really can replace a kid too, but I don't want to have to go through that again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's, you know, Bill Cosby used to say, I'll make another one looks just like you. <laughs> but I don't want to start over. Uh, but, you know, do we love our kids anyway? And when they make mistakes, are we worried about the car or are we worried about them? And it's about the relationship. It's about our kids. We love our kids. That's why we come here. We grab hold of these kinds of ideas and these kind of thoughts because we want to do a better job of helping our kids learn to love Jesus and learn to live their life in a way that glorifies Him in every aspect of their life, including their friendships, their dating relationships, and their sexuality.
Let's be concerned about them. Let's take some of these things. Let's go home. Let's have conversations with them. And let's help them love Jesus and live that out. Let me pray for you. God, being a parent of a teenager is really, really hard. And uh, sometimes uh, we can come to things like this and we can get ideas and we can think, oh, that's really great. And then we go home and we try and have that conversation and we're met with either a glare or uh, a grunt or a comment that is uh, deflating. But that should not and cannot dissuade us from loving our kids enough to have conversations and to help them grab hold of truth that your scripture teaches. So God, give us all courage to be the kind of parents that you need us to be, that you want us to be in the life of our kids. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.